0: It's the Clockwise podcast from the editors of Tech Hive, PC World, and Mac World for the week of August 26th, 2013. Clockwise, four guests, four topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise. This is the podcast with a theme song by Christopher Breen, which makes us one of approximately two dozen podcasts with a Breen theme. I am your co host, Jason Snell. And uh, sitting across from me is my fellow co-host, Dan Morin. Hi,
1: Dan. Hi, Jason. It's it's good to be here. I know we, we took a week off last week, so it's good we to be did. back in the saddle, virtual yeah. saddle.
0: <laughs> is there a saddle? Is there a horse? I
1: have a horse and a saddle. I assumed that was mandatory for this podcast.
0: Excuse me. I got to go see a guy about a horse. Maybe <laughs> I'll do that after the podcast. <laughs> anyway, sitting next to me here in San Francisco is TechHive staff writer, Flo Ion. Hello. Hello. Dan, who uh, I think I may have foreshadowed, who yeah, our yeah. guest S- is sitting
1: sitting to my left, not in San Francisco, but neither am I. Um, <laughs> virtually uh, is our own podcast theme creator, senior editor Chris Breen. Hi, Chris. Hello, everybody. Wow, that's you're pretty enthusiastic. I might need you to dial that down a little bit because that's man, just... I'm
2: totally jacked up.
1: <laughs> well, that's good because we're we're here to to do a Clockwise
0: podcast, and everybody should be enthusiastic about that. Yay. All right, here's how Clockwise works. Um, every one of us, all four of us, has brought a technology topic that we think is worth discussing today. It might be timely, it might be evergreen, that's okay. We're just going to talk about four things. Oh, and of
1: course, we're not interested in wasting your time, you being the no, listeners, no. or the rest of you on the podcast. We're not interested in, in wasting your time either.
0: Or our own personal time, I'm honestly.
1: really not interested in wasting my time. So time we'll, is money. We'll, we'll spend just five minutes on each of our four topics. That's right,
0: and uh, being the co-host and a very generous person, I'm I'm going to go first, and then the action will move clockwise because that's what the show is called. So here's my topic. I um, just posted actually on TechHive, as we're recording this, the uh, review of the new TiVo, which has the unfortunate name Romeo. Wherefore? TiVo TiVo Hamlet coming later. And uh, I'm actually – I was pondering a move Uh, I was on DirecTV for several years. I used to have a TiVo, and uh, I was pondering a move back to Comcast for various reasons, and this seemed like a good reason. So I actually um, am uh, a TiVo person on Comcast now as of this weekend. It's very exciting. I I really like the new TiVo. Um, I think it's the best DVR out there as far as I have seen. Um, But the larger point here is that my cord remains uncut. There's a lot of talk about cord cutting Uh, Some people have gotten rid of cable or satellite TV and they're just streaming stuff. Um, And I'm interested in what all of you think about this and if it's something that you would do or have done. And if you haven't done it yet, what's stopping you? I'll say for my part – Uh, The biggest thing that stops me from cutting the cord is sports. I'm a sports fan, especially a baseball fan. I can't really envision not seeing the Giants on TV. I don't get over the air, so I can't even put up an aerial to get the occasional games that are broadcast on the airwaves. And, uh, you know, I'm a college football fan, too, and a football fan in general. It would be very sad if I wasn't able able to get that stuff. And that stuff is not available for streaming if you're in the market of the – of of the team you're a fan of. Ironically, if I wasn't in San Francisco, it would be easier for me to cut the cord because I could still watch the Giants on MLB TV. So, Flo, what about you? What's your cord status?
3: I've already cut the cord. You're a cutter. I've been a. I've been a. Oh, it's so exciting! I've been There's a cutter right here. <laughs> untethered from the cord, I guess you could say, uh, for about three years now. Uh, first, it was because of just a financial thing. I just did not see the point of paying for cable. It's a lot or of money. Any of that, and you know. Um, I would just go to my parents' house and watch their cable, and, you know, I've sort of figured out how to kind of get around all of that by using my parents' account for HBO Go. Uh See, you
0: know somebody. Uh, somebody. I
3: have Hulu and Netflix, and I also have the Amazon Prime video, all the videos that come with with that uh, subscription service, and everything has been wonderful. And I also um, use—I do iTunes and Amazon, like, seasons passes to watch shows that I love, like— shamelessly the real housewives uh, All right, <laughs> and you know and good shows like breaking bad and and all of that so i just kind of dealt with watching the show a day later and accepted it and and watch it anywhere
1: i i don't know if i technically count as a cord cutter i never really had a cord i think i can count on <laughs> on like when you were a baby maybe yeah well that's a different story but uh on like one hand like we didn't have cable while i was growing up I had cable very briefly in one of my apartments in college. I think my my senior year I didn't have cable in my first apartment out of college, and briefly we had cable at my old apartment when I had roommates. But my other roommate paid for it, and it was hooked up to his television. We had two separate living rooms because we didn't get along, um, and so I never watched wow. any of it. Yeah, there was, there was that was a tense household. And now that I have my own apartment, I do not have cable here either. I just have internet. Um, and I have gotten by just fine without it. I, I do like television a lot, but like flow, I've paid for many of these fine services, Hulu and Netflix and Amazon. And I find that I can, for the most part, get by, um, supplementing where necessary, um, with other means like iTunes or what have you. Um, so, but overall, pretty good luck, uh, with still being able to catch up with all the great shows, uh, recently, I have managed to convince uh, my, my girlfriend who got HBO that I could borrow her HBO Go uh-huh. password. So I'm,
0: and I'm the chipping in a little of bit. president HBO is going to get really mad at you guys.
1: No, that's legal. That's totally fine, right? You can share it mm. with, like, someone else, right? Sure. Maybe. Okay, I don't know. Please don't sue me. I'm um, not a lawyer. Yeah. So I... I I really think that there's, there's some problems. Like you said, sports, I'm not a big sports fan. That's not my issue. There's occasionally live events that I like to watch, but I do have an antenna and I actually can get over the air digital signal here in Somerville. Um, so, you know, when I want to watch the occasional live event like the Oscars or, you know, presidential press conference, that's pretty much the only two things that I, <laughs> that I watch, watch live. Um, but yeah, all things considered, I've, I've never had a DVR or a cord co- or, or a, or a cable cord or any of that. And I'm, and I'm, Perfectly normal, as you can all tell.
2: I aspire to be a cord cutter. Um, I would be great. I'm a direct TV customer because we don't get cable where I live, and I don't get over the air because I'm in a valley and nothing comes through here. Uh, I would dearly love it if I could be a six months a year cord cutter because, like you, Jason, I'm a Giants fan and I don't get MLB TV because I'm still considered to be within the, the Giants home zone. So If I could have it on for six months, that would be great. And then turn it off for six months. Well, actually, this season, if I could could have had it on for like two months (laughs) and then forget everything after that. Um, But otherwise, no, my daughter watches uh, streaming from Netflix most of the time. We occasionally use uh, Amazon stuff because I'm a prime subscriber. The amount of time I go to live TV or even anything that I've recorded the DVR is pretty rare. It's about... 5% 5% of the time now. If I, if I find a movie like on uh, Turner, for example, that I really, really want to watch, I'll, I'll grab that stuff on the DVR. But otherwise, it's sports and, and live events, and that's it. All right. So there
0: you go. you got all the colors of the rainbow. The people who don't cut the cord or dream of cutting the cord half the year, and then people who didn't even have a cord to begin with, we got them all here.
3: So The Wonderful World of Android where you can, you know, you can buy a phone in any conceivable size that you want. Um, Samsung's particularly a purveyor of this. They've got, I just want to give you a quick example of the phone sizes they have currently right now. Uh, the 4.3 Galaxy S4 Mini, the 5-inch Galaxy S4, the 5.5-inch uh, Galaxy Note 2, and now they have the 6.3-inch Galaxy Mega, which I'm currently uh, in the process of reviewing, so, you know, I brought this really big phone over to a barbecue this weekend, and everybody just—I'm really sorry, but everybody really started to laugh because it was just so comically huge. And, um, you know, just holding it up to my face, it was just—it it just felt sort of ridiculous. And so I'm kind of wondering if—you know, I noticed this trend with um, with lots of manufacturers right now. I know HGC has their, you know, regular old one, and they also have a one-mini um and i but then i also look at lg and they've got some really huge phones coming out so i mean is this all just a joke are we all being trolled <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the great thing about a, a 6.3 inch screen, I think that's what you said, is that you can actually land an F14 on it. So yes. if you need to deploy it to someplace, then that's that's pretty key. And I think you said, what, what's the mini? Did you say 4.3? 3, 4.3. So the mini is bigger than my phone, which is an iPhone 5, which already has a bigger screen than the, all the other iPhones. So That's right. I,
3: yes. I
1: think I'm... I think I'm I don't know. I I mean, I I guess there's a a value to having a larger screen, especially on a touch sensitive device. I mean, the iPad has proved that, right? There's there's more stuff you can do. There's more real estate. And because the the screen is also the control surface, it it opens up some possibilities. That said, it's a phone. And ideally, I want it to go in my pocket. If I wanted a phone that didn't go into my pocket, I would probably still have one of those like black telephones from the 1930s with a separate earpiece. So I, I, I don't I, I, there's probably a maximum usable size is my feeling. And maybe Samsung's really just trying to like throw all their darts at the dartboard and then figure out which ones people actually like. And then they'll sort of like have figured it out. And that's like, all right, we'll make them in, in this size. But I don't understand the giant screens really, especially when it gets in the way of like phones I can put in a pocket or phones that don't like, aren't bigger than my head when I hold it up to my head. Uh, or phones that are getting close to the size of my iPad Mini because I have a different device for that. Um, so I don't want a minuscule phone necessarily, but I'm I'm pretty happy with the iPhone five size for now. I mean that might get bigger at some point in the future, but I feel like the the four four point five inch screen might be might be pretty good for me.
3: I just want to add very quickly that this particular phone. Uh, passed Android Central's pocket test, which is that it goes into a pocket, but it was only uh, for... Whose pocket? Yeah, what, male, what kind of pocket? M- male <laughs> pants or boy pants. Okay, male, okay. Pants. male
1: pants, like the pants male men wear, right? Pants. With the-
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to bring up that this phone is not woman pants friendly because
0: I, they no yeah. longer put
3: pockets on our pants because that's the fashion. So there's no way I could put this You need phone a
0: sling wow. or a
2: holster.
3: Yeah, like it's that. just... It's not even... Purse, maybe? <laughs> or I can, you know... Chris? I'd,
2: yeah. <laughs> what say you? Uh, you know, not only have I saved the uh, the company money by not purchasing even an iPhone 5. Um, Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. I just didn't see the sense of it. Um, and part of it is the size. Now, I live a very isolated life, as I've hinted so far, so I don't get out much. And so, for me, a mobile phone isn't all that important. I think if I, if I did get out a lot, it would be more important, and maybe I would care... But at this point, I still have my 4S iPhone. I put my Mophie case on it, and that's plenty big enough. It fits in my front left pocket. It's fine. I have a couple of iPods that are of the larger size, and I so far, I haven't been wowed by that extra whatever 0.5-inch uh, surface area they give you. If I want a larger device, I'm going to go right up to an iPad mini or something like that. Um, so no, I'm not I don't quite get the "Let's make this phone bigger and bigger until it's not quite a tablet, but really it is a tablet, except it's smaller than a mini size tablet." Uh, so, no, not for me. Thank you very much. Although I may not save the money, I may not save the company money on the next iPhone that comes out.
0: Sure. Oh, nobody would blame me for that. I, I saw Flo holding this to her head uh, earlier today. And I suggested that we find a, a, like a, a couple pieces of large furniture and pose her with them, so to make it seem like she's very tiny, because it is so out of scale. I have an iPhone five. I you know I like it. Uh, it's uh, I, I think I like that it's small. I have an eleven inch MacBook Air. I have a, an iPad Mini. I like the small portable electronic devices. That said, you know when I look at something like the Galaxy S four, I like. I like the the slightly bigger phone. I, I could see having a, a slightly bigger phone than the iPhone 5 uh, if it was still thin, um, maybe even thinner than the iPhone 5 is, but had a little more screen real estate. I could see that. But I think that there is an upper limit, and I don't think I would want a screen bigger than the Galaxy S4. Um, and and yet Samsung has two products that are bigger than that. At some point, these phablets—I guess they call them—are it, it gets a little ridiculous. Uh, and and I gotta wonder. Are there really people who are going to have this device and not a tablet? Because that seems to be the only market for this is somebody who doesn't want a tablet, but they need uh, the ability to get a a dial tone, essentially, because a tablet can have cellular data. I'm not sure there's much of a future in products like that because I think, you know, wouldn't it be more convenient to have a smaller phone in your pocket and then have a tablet that you can take out when you want to have that big screen? So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But, boy, that was a crazy phone that you were holding. It's mega- is totally the right word for it
1: so my topic eh, this is a little tangential but it's technologically related i went into my supermarket uh yesterday and they're redesigning it currently you know changing the layout and all this stuff and i noticed that one of the things that they did was they removed the self-checkout lines you know where you could walk up and there's just a machine you scan your own barcode just throw it in your bag you walk out you're done now for me because i don't like dealing with people uh, which yeah, is why um, <laughs> <laughs> I love podcasts. I was really sad to see this because it really, I used to go in because it's a 24 hour grocery store. I would go in at like, you know, 10 o'clock at night and like, you know, buy some ice cream and then like in and out in like 10 minutes. Um, And, you know, I, I'm kind of bummed and I'm wondering if this is the, this is a techno pushback against technology. Is it because these things were deemed too hard to use for most people? Were they. Taking away jobs from people? Were they, I mean, is, is there something about that? And so I'm kind of curious to find out from you guys. Are you self-checkout people? Do you, do you go for the self-checkout lane when it's available? Or do you still prefer the comfort of, of dealing with a human cashier?
2: Well, Dan, um, around at our store, we still have the large pickle barrel and the uh, wood stove. <laughs> and so we are don't... Are you from the Old West? I, is that where are he you is, live a prospector, I believe. Are you, are you a mountain man? Oh, That's how we live out here. And we like it. Uh, yeah, we do not, uh, we don't have the self checkout unless you go to the big town Oh, and, uh, in the big town, actually I will take advantage of them, but where I live, actually we have this, uh, bag ordinance where you are not allowed or you have to pay for bags. And so we're very green here and we bring our own bags. And, and so you're, you're lugging your bags and you're throwing things through the self checkout. It gets to be kind of a pain. So, um, no, most of the time we do, we go right through, we keep people employed, uh, the, Find uh, Supermarket union people uh, remain employed, as does our local market. So uh, no, not a self-checker, uh, but I do find it very convenient places like Home Depot and, uh, and other places they've been doing for quite some time, and they've really got it down. So it's great when when a store has it, they understand how to use it. Not so great if, if they're confused, too.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's all about the context. If I'm Looking at a long line and I can – I know that I've got four things and I can just walk up and scan them and get out of there. I would much rather use the self-checkout Um but self checkout is kind of crappy, right? I mean, it's just not good enough, and maybe not enough people use it for for them to put in the work. But um, you know, it gets it's got the the weighing in it. It wants to, it imagines that it knows what every product weighs. But if you bring your own bag, like Chris, and then you put it there, it gets confused. It's like, whoa, you put something else on that's not our bag. What is that? And then now they put a button in that basically says ignore everything and just. Just scan it and give me the price. Um, so it's you know, it's better, but it's frustrating. I, I, I don't think it's a good product.
3: Uh, well, i I just want to preface this with I'm the person who leaves bad Yelp reviews for bad customer service <laughs> um, You're that i I really don't like the self-checkout line, especially when I'm, Especially if I'm just buying, like, a bottle of wine. I still have to wait oh, for somebody to check my ID. Alcohol purchases are the worst, yeah. And, I mean...
0: It's like you're trying to escape the store exactly. without paying. It's like, boop, 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 alcohol purchase.
3: Exactly. Yep. And and not only that, but kind of one of the reasons that I like going to places like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's is because at these particular grocery store chains, they're sort of required to hire people with personality. Yeah. Um, and I, I like talking... In in line, I love talking to the person. I love it.
0: They also staff their stores with enough people that you don't have a giant checkout line.
3: That's also true. That's also true. Um, Amazing. Because, for instance, yeah, when I go to Raley's, it's like there's people at every. They also have self checkout there, but I never go through. Um, I'm. I usually go through. I'm sorry, the family line, because um, <laughs> they're the nicest people there, and they ask you what you're going to cook with, what you're going to cook tonight, and why are you buying this stuff, and you're you know talking about each other's lives and just.
0: All right, yeah, yeah, you're a you're a people person. I, yeah, I okay. like peoples.
1: So, so that's interesting because I, I do go, I do do a lot of my shopping at Whole Foods, which does not have self checkout. But this is sort of my my local neighborhood down the street, mass chain thing. Um, And yeah, the people there aren't as friendly. Um, But I will say that what's interesting is I heard from a friend of mine that one of the other local chains actually has a uh, self-checkout system where you get the little barcode scanner and you actually scan things as you put it in your, oh. like, shopping cart.
0: <laughs> like doing with a like, registry. Or,
1: like an, like, an Apple store where you can, oh, like, that's walk what I in do. and buy yeah. stuff. And suddenly I realized, why don't they have an app for your phone you just scan you just when scan you put it in just scan It's Like, it wouldn't work for everything because, like, you're doing it with produce or you're doing alcohol or something like that. But if you, like, you're just running in, right, like, to, like, pick up a couple things for dinner. And you they, some people Like, you know, yeah, you have, like, valid, right? Like, you have a few people. You do a couple random, mm-hmm. like, spot checks just to make sure people are, you know, buying their stuff. But even so, it's far more efficient. Um, you know, there's really it makes it both easier for the business and for the customer in many ways. So I, I don't know. That 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 idea appealed to me and I was I was hoping that, that we might see more adoption of that. But if they're
0: getting rid mm. of the self-checkout stuff, maybe not. A bad sign. Know. All right. I think it's time for our last uh
2: topic. Okay. And this is my topic. It's it's a little meta in that I'm gonna be talking about podcasts on a podcast. Um and questioning their worth. And th- right. that is it seems about ten years ago when blogging became the thing everybody had their blog and they said oh look at my blog check out my blog and everybody had a blog and more and more people had blogs and you had to look at the blog and you had to feed the blog and it was coming on constantly and then finally people got tired of it because nobody was reading the blogs because there are too many of them and so they sort of fell out where they were like the really great blogs which was manageable and then everybody else so now we seem to be have entering a period when everybody's getting a podcast and it, as you mentioned at the top of the show i'm doing more podcast themes so i'm getting requests to do these things and it's good for business. though. Well, I guess it's good for business, except I don't, <laughs> I don't get paid for them. Don't get paid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but other than that, I'm wondering if podcasting is going the direction of blogs, where we're developing these podcast networks that are accumulating more shows. There are more people coming out with multiple podcasts, and and you know talking about our current company here. You guys have a couple of podcasts, and I'm wondering, do you think we're getting to the point where it's saturated? I think the blog parallel is good. I think somebody said
0: the other week that that podcasting is having its blogger kind of moment, that it's easier to do podcasts than it used to be. It's still not as easy as doing a blog. I mean getting – well, it's easy enough to make a terrible podcast as doing a blog, I suppose. But if you want to have it sound decent, that's – I think the bar is higher. Um, But I I think that parallel is not entirely wrong. There are an awful lot of podcasts and there's more – uh, there's more decent podcast stuff out there than there is time in the day to listen to it all. So that's a challenge. I, I think there will be a fallout at some point where some of this stuff will just shake out. Although I, w- I want to question some of your premise though because you say, you say it's sort of like, well, there were blogs for a while and then they went away. But as, the last time I checked, the web is enormous and there are still lots of blogs and people read them and and there aren't necessarily you know all mass, mass appeal blogs. But the, that's sort of what how the web works now is people post stuff and people read it. So I do think that this is something that's here to stay, but I do agree we're in that moment where it's exploding in the same way that the, that the blog, uh, the blogosphere, I don't get to use that word enough, exploded back in the day. I think that's, I think that's true. And I think a lot of the stuff will fade away and the good stuff will rise, but we're in the explosion part now, not the, uh, not the, the finding the wheat and dropping the chaff part. I think that comes next. Flo, what do you think? Too many podcasts.
3: I don't think there are too many podcasts. I think the worst part of it all is uh, thinking about how many YouTube accounts there are out there and just how many different <laughs> like YouTube shows and <laughs> and vlogs. I think those are kind of just getting out of control. Um, podcasts are nice because you get to hear from your favorite celebrities and your favorite um, your favorite comedians and and actors and and. Things in nature, you get to hear a little bit more from them than just having, you know, just going see, seeing them on film or wherever. Uh, it gives you more of a way to connect with them when they're off season. And I like that about podcasts. Uh, I love listening to like analytical podcasts for TV shows that I watch. That's um, the thing I enjoy doing like every night before I go to bed. Just really helps me fall asleep fascinating podcast that may
1: not be the quite the yeah. endorsement they were looking for
3: uh, but, but she
0: dreams of the podcast
3: i do i do i i really enjoy podcasts i look forward to them uh, i've never looked forward to a youtube show um so that's sort of where i'm wow. at with that that's good
0: yeah, and I and I totally agree with that. That I think there's something about the connection that you make when you hear people's voices, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's replaced a lot of audiobook and radio time now. So you know, but again, there's not enough time in the day.
1: Chris, I think you're right. Uh, the, this will be the last episode of Clockwise. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're wrapping Where it we? up. You've killed it. Killed another um. one. Let's just play I, I, you know, Chris's theme song and we're out of here. I, ironically, I like making podcasts much more than I like listening to podcasts. I do listen I think to that's podcasts. true for I'm, a
0: lot of podcasters is they don't have commutes. They I, don't really I listen to podcasts. I am actually on
1: way more podcasts than I actually listen to. <laughs> um, and and I, I like podcasts and I do listen to them occasionally. I find them nice for uh, long drives, especially when I'm driving by myself. Oh, yeah. um, they're good for that. But but as, as Jason alluded, without a commute, I have less time to listen to podcasts. So I really have to like choose which are the ones I want to listen to Um, but I I like doing them as a medium because for me I like I like talking about things because I I, it involves thinking on your feet and rather than sitting down and carefully crafting a written piece which is a different sort of beast it exercises a different part of your brain Um, and I and I enjoy just the same way that I enjoy talking about subjects whether it be tech or politics or whatever with my friends or family I, I like talking about topics with people over the medium of the internet. Um, so I, I think we'll see a winnowing down, you know, I yeah. think we're sort of, we are hitting that heyday, but I think we'll see a winnowing down as people like realize that as, as Sturgeon, Sturgeon's Law says, 90% of everything is crap. So most of those podcasts are worth listening to. Um, but there, there are definitely some that are, and, and I think that we do see that coming along is just the, the well, the good sounding ones are the ones that are really interesting or have the great, the best panelists like this podcast will survive yeah. while others will
2: perish. Okay, and I'll wrap up by saying I agree with you. I think it's the time-based nature of all this media that's the difficulty. With a blog, you can scan through it, you can get the RSS feed, yeah. and bang, you've got your information. But if you have to sit down and force it, and actually, that's one of the concepts I like about this, is that it is necessarily short. Um, when you started getting invested into a two-hour podcast, oh god, it's... it's eh. Oh, yeah. Don't have that much time in a week. All right, before we go, we like to have a
0: non uh, non-tech related topic it's our bonus topic with the remainder of our time and this is a simple one although it's got lots of complexity hidden behind it which is what's your favorite TV show it could be all time, it could be what's on the air now it doesn't really matter, be honest um, nobody will say that you're wrong because you. it's a personal choice uh, we may fault you and say you have terrible taste but no, 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 uh, it, it's a personal choice and Flo, you get to go first and you're looking like a deer in the headlights but come on, we're all friends here, let it out I'm just gonna Trust read. me, I, my mine has a ridiculous <laughs> title, so oh, we'll all be we'll all well, be together in this.
3: I, my favorite show in the entire world is Beverly Hills, 90210, the original. I'm absolutely obsessed <laughs> well, with that? it. At least
0: you picked um, the original.
3: I have seen. I I, I watched <laughs> the remake. All...
0: <laughs> no, no, the remake is my favorite. Yeah. Uh,
3: I watched the remake too. Um, my favorite. I watch all ten. Seasons every year, as a sort of thing that I do. Wow. It's always on in the background of everything I'm doing, whether I'm cleaning or cooking or just like trying to take a nap. Um, I, I sort of use it as a calming method for, you know, my, my crazy it's everyday comfortful. life. It's comforting. It, it really is very comforting and all of its cheesiness and, and all, I'm sorry, Jenny Garth, all the terrible acting. <laughs> um, it, I just, I love the ridiculous drama. It's just, I. I I'm also right now, I'm like working on like this feminist analysis of Kelly Taylor. So, you know, I just, it's my little hobby. No, that's awesome. It's my ridiculous little hobby.
1: (laughs) That's great. Dan? I I think I have a two-way tie. Sports Night, which is Aaron Sorkin's first show behind the show TV show, um, which is fantastic. I've watched that. I can't even remember how many times. Way more than I could count and I can repeat bizarre line readings and stuff from <laughs> um, And it's always it's just always in my head uh, and I, especially when I watch later stuff that he wrote and he hearkens back and makes quotes to it, which he, yeah. he reuses stuff a lot. Uh, and the other one is the, also a sitcom spaced with Simon Pegg, Nick Frost and Edgar Wright, good the guys who yeah, are, good have one. a movie out right now, World end, which I haven't gotten to see yet, but
2: Chris, I judge this by what I originally recorded on a VCR and then later purchased on disc. And so I'm going to say the Larry Sanders show because oh. it was perfect. Uh, the writing was perfect. the Casting was perfect. Um, it, for those who don't know the premise, it is, uh, Gary Shandling playing a late night TV show host. And, um, and the trio of Gary Shandling, Rip Torn and Jeffrey Tambor was remarkable. Uh, I'm a huge Jeffrey Tambor fan simply because of that show. He went on later to do Arrested Development as, as the, uh, as George Bluth senior. Um, lots of great TV shows out there but I, I can't think of any time that show ever fell down um, and that everything wasn't just pitch perfect uh, and the production was great they they had the you know the multiple cams, people walking around with them so it had a great look to it and um, and just everything else about it was uh, terrific
0: it's great one of my uh Maybe my number two is a a show with Jeffrey Tambor in it, which is Max Headroom, believe it or not. But my number one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's my all-time favorite show for so many reasons. Joss Whedon's first and still his best. So many heartbreaking things about uh, coming of age and learning about who you are uh, mixed with ridiculous, crazy horror and sci-fi tropes that take those monsters that were living inside you when you were in high school and make them actual monsters. It's great and funny and smart and uh, I love it. And that's it. I, Dan, we've done it. We are out of time yet again. Well, thank God for that, because I'm uh-huh. out of stuff to say. Well, that's that's good. That's good. So this is a good time to wrap up then. Uh, Flo, Florence Ion, thank you for being here today.
3: Thank you guys so much.
0: This was a lot of fun. Chris Breen, thank you for being here today and sharing all your various wisdom about podcasts.
2: All right. Then. Well, thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. All right.
0: And that's it. So until next time from all of us here at Clockwise, watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye everybody. Bye.